and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one liberating page of Talmud every day. We're now just a few days into the new Jewish year, and because these are the aptly named Days of Awe, many of us spend a lot of time pondering how to be better, how to improve, how to repent and make sure that the year that begins now finds a better version of us, more patient and kinder and calmer and wiser us. As always, the Talmud is here to help. In today's pages, Beitzah 10 and 11, we get a much-needed lesson. Have a listen. And Ula said, With regard to three matters, the sages permitted an action whose result is undesirable in order to encourage a desirable initial action. And these are the three matters. First, they permitted spreading out the hide of an animal slaughtered on a festival before those who will tread on it, a stage in its tanning. This was permitted because the sages wished to encourage slaughtering the animal to enable celebration on the festival. And second, the sages permitted the replacement of shutters of shops on a festival so that store owners could supply the festival requirements for those in need. And the third permitted action is the replacement of a bandage in the temple. If a priest had an injury on his hand, he would have to remove the bandage while performing the temple service, as it is prohibited for any item to interpose between his hand and whatever he must handle as part of the rite. After concluding his temple service, he was allowed to replace the bandage on Shabbat, despite the fact that this is ordinarily prohibited, so as not to discourage him from engaging in temple service. The message here is clear and so deeply moving. Sure, the Talmud tells us, you can play by the rules, but the rules, they don't always lead you to where you need to go. So even in the midst of practicing a deeply law-bound religion like Judaism, you shouldn't lose track of the greater purpose of your kavanah, of your intention, of who you are and why you do the things you do to begin with. This Rosh Hashanah, I had the privilege of davening with Rabbi Chaim Alevsky at the Chabad of the Upper West Side, and Rabbi Chaim told a story that touches on this very point. It's a true story about the late, great Rabbi Mendel Forderfoss, a Chabad emissary in the Soviet Union who fearlessly worked to keep Yiddishkeit alive even as the communist authorities banned any religious activity. Eventually, Rabbi Mendel was arrested and sentenced to a decade in the Gulag, forced into a cell with petty criminals and subjected to the harsh life of a prisoner in a frozen concentration camp. Among the many rules the guards devised to break the spirit of the inmates was banning any unauthorized personal belongings. But still, a few of Reb Mendel's cellmates managed to smuggle in a deck of cards, and they were passing their evenings playing together. One day, just as they were enjoying a rollicking game, they heard the unmistakable footsteps of the booted warden. Quickly, they put the cards away, just in time. The large guard stormed into the cell, smiling wolfishly. We've had an informer, he said. We know you're playing cards, and we're going to find them, and whoever has them is going to get punished. Now, line up. And with that, the warden started frisking the clothes of each and every prisoner. It was a good strategy because 
The cell was completely bare and there were no other places to hide cards except for on someone's clothes or on someone's body. The warden spent a long time patting down each and every prisoner and yet he found nothing. Frustrated, he huffed and left. And as soon as he was out of sight, wham, out came the cards again and the game resumed uninterrupted. Ten minutes later, the footsteps sounded again. Again, the cards disappeared. Again, the warden appeared. Again, the prisoners were lined up in search, and again, nothing was found. The warden left, the cards reappeared, and so it went three, five, eight times, all through the night. Remenda was watching all this go down with amazement. Finally, he could no longer curb his curiosity. Tell me, he asked one of his fellow cellmates, how do you guys do it? Where do the cards go? The cellmate started laughing. It's easy, he said. A bunch of us here are professional pickpockets. When the warden comes, the first man in line takes the cards and slips them into the warden's pocket. And then the last man in line picks the warden's pocket just before he leaves, retrieving the cards. The cards the warden was looking for, in other words, were in his pocket the whole time. The procedure he had followed in the hope of finding the contraband cards was strict and correct and completely useless because the warden, like so many of us, never stopped to search his own pockets to say nothing of his own soul first and ask himself what the meaning of it all was, what he was doing and why he was doing it. He was so focused on the how that he had entirely forgotten the why. And as today's page of Talmud reminds us, that's very often a mistake. So as the new year begins, here's hoping we remember to search our own pockets from time to time. What we're looking for may very well be right there all along. This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Studios. If you enjoy this show, and I hope you do, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafyomi. I'm your host, Leah Leibowitz, and our producers are Josh Cross, Sarah Fredman Ader, and Robert Scarmuccia. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash take one or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You could find us on Twitter at takeonedafyomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we've made your day a little bit more Talmudic and we'll see you again soon. Take One.